Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to A Good Football Show's Week 16 Waiver Wire Edition. My name is Pat Corain. I'm joined by John Daigle of NBC Sports Edge. Daigle, how's it going? You hanging in there? It's Week 16. That's how it's going. Uh, People still going for fantasy championships. We have two more weeks left this year, but we're going to get there. No big deal. Uh, We're through the rough part. Now is the time where you can start cutting even more players and just adding backups so, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting two weeks, especially because they had protocol changes now, even though we have yet to see positives from those – and not positive tests. We've seen a lot of those. Uh, positives like in players coming back earlier. It's like the Saturday game, for instance, they moved the Browns game, but all that did was cater to John Johnson. No one else came off for the Browns. So <laughs> it, made, it made no sense at all. Hopefully we'll get Tyler Lockett Tuesday night. I, I'm really worried that – perhaps in this new week of protocols that they do work. And in doing that, a player goes on a list for 24 hours, you prep to not have him. And then suddenly 24 hours later, you have him. So it's just these next two weeks are truly going to test us, our mental strength. Yes, they are. Didn't we get Odell Beckham back? I feel like he we might did get Odell Beckham back. Yes. And, but that was like, you know, that was like five days ago. So yeah, that's yeah. not too shocking. Um, Tyler Higby went on the list right after the game. Uh, so yeah. we don't know if we're going to have Tyler Higby just yet. And Bland, Blanton was the guy who ran the routes. Bryson Hopkins had, did have a couple opportunities there, but more or less he's their best run blocker. That's what he does. Blanton, not an explosive player, so you're not really targeting him anyways. It's just it's a lot of touch and go this week, so much so that I even texted you and said, no deep cuts. I'll, I'll have a little spill at the end like the spiel here, but no deep cuts. Uh, let's just talk about the players we are targeting and then go to the column to see everything else because I have a whole doc as I've had all year of injuries to sort through and just say, if this happens, this happens, Godspeed. Yeah, and uh, you know, you, we did talk about what we were going to discuss tonight. Um, you mentioned that that Ronald Jones was going to lead off the discussion and I, I got to admit, I kind of zoned out after that. So it's going to be a little bit of a little bit of a wild ride once we get past Ronald Jones, because you know once you mention that Ronald Jones is is leading, I believe he's leading our our social media push for this podcast. He's leading the top of the podcast. Let's talk about it, Dago. Ronald Jones, pickup of the week. We should temper our expectations. I know that's not how you <laughs> want me to start. But <laughs> that's fine. Having said that, it is Leonard Fournette who leads all running backs and catches. So there's a little bit of a push for Ronald Jones there. Not to mention now without Chris Godwin, just a 
massive blow. Uh, not only in production-wise, but also just a genuinely physical run blocker from the slot. They miss so much without him. Uh, we know Tyler Johnson, who we'll talk about in a second, will get plugged in there. But Ronald Jones now, why you like him, it's not only because of the extra opportunity without Leonard Fournette, it's also because maybe without Chris Godwin, with Mike Evans ailing. It sounds like he will be back, but again, timelines in the, in the hashtag longest season ever, they just don't always come true. So I'm not trusting anything just yet. Uh, maybe the Bucks, who lead the league in past 10th for game, also, and, and pass play rate from neutral game script, maybe also they temper their offensive expectations and figure out like the best way we can win right now without Godwin and perhaps without Evans, especially these upcoming matchups, to coast into the postseason is by running just a hair more. Even if they get to like 20th rate as opposed to like top rate, right? Um, that's still a higher run play rate for Ronald Jones. And now we have a Panthers backfield allowing 28 carries per game. Um, haven't been beaten up so much in the running game, but every team knows that that's how you defeat the Panthers is by running on them. Since right. despite all of their injuries, they still have a very formidable pass rush and talent to cover you in their secondary. So I think we're going to get some juice from Ronald Jones this week against the Panthers. You got the exquisite spot in the fantasy championship in week 17 against the Jets. So you have obviously a Jets front seven allowing a league high uh, 32 backfield touches per game plus 28 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs, which is four more than the Lions, the next closest team. So it's not even close how poorly they perform the Jets against opposing running backs. And then they get the Panthers again. So maybe we get uh, – I'm assuming we get Jones for two games and then perhaps week 18 as well. But I think it's two games at least, and that's what we're hoping for here. Former performance against the Panthers, and then really just the nuts against the Jets. Yeah, I agree with with Ronald Jones there as a uh, just the schedule. The schedule is so good. You're looking at a Bills team. To your point on the on the Panthers that just gave Devin Singletary 22 rushes. I mean, the, the Bills are are very Tampa Bay esque in that they're a, a very pass heavy team. They even tilted to the run against the Panthers. Uh, if you're playing in a league with a week 18 matchup, which I definitely would not recommend. <laughs> right. Um, but especially in this year, I mean, that's crazy. But, you know, to get them again, that's huge, obviously. And then the Jets matchup, we just saw a career game out of Duke Johnson. The Jets have just been reviving every running back all year. So schedule-wise, I think it, it shapes up perfectly. And look, you know, I didn't – you're probably not thinking I'm going to be the temp your expectations guy on Rojo, but even when he came in – we still saw plenty of Keyshawn Vaughn in passing downs. We saw, I believe it was like three or four minutes left that we were seeing Keyshawn Vaughn out there in kind of a two-minute drill type of setting. But there's like, he has the two-minute Yeah, but he, that can extend for like four minutes. If they're just kind of in like a hurry-up mode, doesn't matter how much time's left on the clock. Could be you know a third of a quarter that you're going to get. So that's not ideal if uh, you know if you're losing passing down reps. But if you're in the right type of scripts there's plenty of upside. And I think it does set up that we should be in the right type of scripts. So allow me to be vintage Pat Corain and say, but against the Panthers and Jets, do we actually foresee like two minute drills where they're scrambling to score points? No, we see them coasting. We don't. So that's why we love exactly. Ronald Jones as exactly. well. Uh, yes. When 
Vaughn had those touches, uh, two touches and a target in the fourth quarter, including a majority of his production, came on a 17-yard run, the final play of the game, uh, 9-0 at the end of the game. Clearly, that's how it ended. No one was trying to to stop him. They're like, yeah, just run the ball. Who cares? If you, even if you score, it doesn't matter to us. So, like, even his production then, it came in hurry-up mode since six points if you watch that game, seemed insurmountable with what was going on in that passing <laughs> attack. Uh, just no talent with everyone injured. Uh, even Gronk getting hammered with double-digit targets. I believe, what, he only had two catches, right? Uh, I think it so, was yeah. It was an absolute disaster on offense, which it has been every single time. It's so odd how it happens. But the last four games, Brady's played the Saints. That's been his bugaboo. So, yeah, I, I believe it's going to be heavy Jones game scripts we get for the next three weeks. Yep. All right, let's move to um, the Titans' backfield, where we saw Hilliard getting some work. We saw Deontay Foreman dealing with an injury, kind of on and off the field. What are your thoughts there? Jeremy McNichols was also involved as well. McNichols also, I believe, was banged up at the end of the game. We'll have to see all how all this all shakes out. Foreman injured. I believe he came back, tried to come back for a few plays, um, but we heard last on Monday that he's still injured. So. We will see what happens. Also, we've seen you can't still run on the 49ers defense. Nonetheless, it is week 16. We are basically talking about players who are gifted opportunity, and that's what Hilliard is going to be getting. At least six carries in his last four games, and in that span, albeit a small sample, six carries per game, uh, averaging 6.7 yards per carry. So he has shown explosiveness in his handful of touches he's received behind Foreman or ahead of Jeremy McNichols. McNichols was out for a couple of those games. Nonetheless, Hilliard exploded. Uh, and if I may put my hand in the dirt for us for a second, if we get A.J. Brown back, like A.J. Brown, honestly, if you just look at the way this offense performed the past month, A.J. Brown opens everything as well. He makes just life a little bit easier for everyone. And mm-hmm. so if it's just Hilliard and McNichols, we know McNichols is still going to be the Keyshawn Vaughn-like the rich man's version of Keyshawn Vaughn and a hurry up offense, but Hilliard would still absolutely hundred percent sure lead him in carries. Thus with AJ Brown, perhaps opening it up a little more. I think we can depend on at least a confident floor game from Hilliard. If Foreman's out. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's talk the Bengals' backfield here because uh, Joe Mixon was also banged up. Joe Mixon banged up, and Joe Mixon's been healthy all year long, so we haven't seen this sample. But we did see – very small sample, by the way. But we did see P. Ryan was used on the final couple of plays that Mixon was out. Also this year, 
I would say at least last week, Chris Evans was active and Chris Evans didn't receive a touch. Uh, Evans has also been banged up with a hamstring injury. So perhaps he comes in and plays passing downs. But nonetheless, like this is why if you've been stashing one of them, you've been stashing P. Ryan. Because we know he's the one who steps into the vacated 18 and a half carries per game that Mixon leaves behind if his sprained ankle is a long-term issue. And uh, in, a, in a favorable spot here this week, because we even saw this past week, no matter what the matchup presents, Zach Taylor is such a horrible in-game play caller. Mm-hmm. Like the run on 16 to 21 first downs against a team you absolutely should be like attacking, uh, he didn't care at all, even when they're ineffective. I've said this on a couple of shows throughout the couple of weeks. Now everything runs together in week 16, but even go back to the Bengals 49er game a couple of weeks ago, it took three quarters to get any juice from that game. And it's because Taylor finally realized like, oh, like I can throw the ball to chase Boyd. Boyd's who had a couple of back-to-back games as well when they finally realized they can open up the offense and T. Higgins, and that's why they've been explosive. So I expect P. Ryan to get a majority of the volume, uh, and we'll see how long the ankle injury keeps Mix and sprain because it could be a player we could be using for his opportunity and volume in week 17 as well. Yeah, I completely agree with you about uh, Zach Taylor and the Bengals. I mean, they, they have to be pushed. They have to be pushed. They're not doing it. And I guess, do you think there's a chance he's out two weeks? Because they, they do get the Chiefs in, in week 17. And Chiefs have still been better against the run uh, the last six, seven games. But I think there is a chance, yes. And if anything – even if they've been better against the run, we'd still be excited to start him in that spot, uh, hoping for some points and some pushback from the Chiefs. All right, let's talk Bills. You, I think you wanted to mention Gabe Davis, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, everyone should have picked him up. In deeper leagues, you probably snuck him in. But very clearly, he was the one who stepped in as a 1v1, like KG Osborne does for Adam Thielen. It was Emmanuel Sanders. You were just getting replaced by Gabriel Davis. 90% snaps, a route on 90% of Josh Allen's dropbacks. Now leads the team in end zone targets in the last three games. Just an explosive player. Anytime we've seen him be allowed opportunity. And that's exactly what it did against Panthers, uh, tying Stephon Diggs for a team high in target share. So as long as Sanders is out, Davis is at worst a wide receiver three. Yeah, it's been interesting because I, I believe uh, off the top of my head, he was second on the Bills in yards per route run entering the game. And he was actually not very good in yards per route run as a rookie. He wasn't terrible, but he wasn't, it wasn't like, so to me, he's been kind of quietly having this breakout season. He's been hyper efficient when on the field. You don't know if that's fully going to translate in a larger role because you do see some guys have like almost schemed roles within an offense. Like when they're on the field, they're, they're coming in for maybe some sub packages, that type of thing that's that's really boosting their targets. But to see him kind of really get looked, you know, Allen was looking for him deep. He was getting used over the middle, uh, obviously scores two touchdowns. I think it's very, very bullish because we were already kind of seeing those signs percolate even when Emmanuel Sanders was in the lineup. And seven touchdowns as a rookie is a telling sign. Like That doesn't yeah. happen by fluke. Uh, I, I would even argue that even Anthony Miller got seven as a rookie, not by fluke. And now he's just stuffed into Matt and Aggie offense, then a Texans practice squad. Now I believe he's on the Steelers practice squad. He's just been in terrible situations. But, yeah, uh, you have to be talented to do that. Yeah, Anthony Miller is a very talented football player. I agree with you. I think, I've never met Anthony Miller, but he seems to have uh, burned bridges rather quickly with a number of organizations. Especially so. Chicago, but then again, Chicago, who knows what happens yeah. behind the scenes there. Yeah. Um, all right, what else should we cover before we get out of here? Uh, and then one more quickly. Everyone's curious about the Bucks wide receivers in place. And now if Mike Evans is out, 
then we're talking about Brashad Perryman as well. Of course, um, you know, we can look and see Tyler Johnson is very clearly the pickup you should grab. Last year, there were four games Godwin missed. Johnson was banged up for the first two of those, but at full health in the next two, weeks five and eight, he did run a route uh, from 56% of his routes from the slot. So he's the player we're going to assume as a big body receiver, mm-hmm. as Bruce Arians even said, recall last year, that's why they like him to replace him. He's just a big blocker. Thus, he just fits in 1v1, not talent-wise, but opportunity-wise, into the slot. He also led the Bucks in routes run this past week. That's clearly where we're going. If Evans is also out, though, remember, Brashad Perry was on the COVID list this past week. We're also getting Antonio Brown back for sure this week. And so the three wide receiver set would be Brown, Perryman on the outside, and then Tyler Johnson most likely inter- intermittently from the slot on the outside, but Johnson mostly from the slot. So uh, those are the three receivers we want. Rank them, of course, A.B., Tyler Johnson, Perryman. And obviously, Antonio Brown's not on waivers, so this doesn't apply to the waiver wire discussion, but I think it does factor into how much we're interested in Tyler Johnson and Perriman. And then Evan's probably coming back, I would think, for Week 17. We, at we least think has we a don't chance. know. Yeah. yeah. So how much do you think Antonio Brown can just be like a true target hog to where like Perriman and Tyler Johnson aren't seeing a, like that much more in terms of target share than they would as the third guy with Evans and Godwin, but not A.B.? It's still Tom Brady. Uh, remember, Antonio Brown was close to returning. The game they were told, well, now you're suspended for the next three games. That was his six-week timeline. So now he's basically had nine weeks to recover from a six-game timeline. So like, I would imagine eight mm-hmm. injuries well beyond him. We haven't heard since he's been suspended. He hasn't been at facility, so we don't know his injury just yet. We will have it on the news page, the first report we get. But I would imagine he's 100%. And so like, I don't know if he's jammed targets. I would think so, but it doesn't matter. It's Antonio Brown and Tom Brady. So very clearly the player you are playing, even if Evans is in for this one, Antonio Brown is still, as we saw like against the Cowboys, you want to go all the way back to week one. Like Antonio Brown is still a confident wide receiver two with elite wide receiver one upside. Agreed. Yeah. I, as I think through it, I, I'm a little bit more interested in Perriman than Tyler Johnson, I think, uh, because Perriman can get there on less plays, a few big plays, you know, whereas like I wonder and I'm, I'm thinking about the the game. It maybe it have even been when A.B. was on the Patriots against Miami that one game and Tom Brady was just peppering him with targets. And obviously he's had a huge target rate this year. So it's like if I have to bet on him to find Tyler Johnson five, six times in a game, um, I think I'd rather bet on Perriman just to, and bet on a, a couple deep shots that so you can get there in one play as we saw against the Bills. Uh, it's kind of how I'm thinking about it, but I don't know. It's a, it's a definitely a, an interesting situation. Let's talk about the uh, Chargers situation before we get out of here. And, and let's also talk about the, the Chiefs situation, but start with the Chargers because you mentioned at the top the COVID rules. This is the first week we're looking at the new COVID rules. I don't even think Eckler's officially on the COVID list is the latest report, but he, he may miss the game. announced with symptoms, and then when they thought he was put on the COVID list, when they did the official transactions, he was not on the COVID list. So I'm assuming non-COVID illness, but okay. right now we are not for sure. So how would you be approaching the Chargers running back? Would you would you bother taking kind of a you know cheap ads on a Justin Jackson? Well, Justin Jackson was the one we want just in having 13 touches last week, but also like Josh Kelly had seven carries and two of those were inside the 10. So it's it's still as we always expected, this is what we talked about. Everyone always asked throughout the year, do we stash a Chargers running back? 
it comes down to, yes, you can, but also it's a Chase Edmonds, James Conner situation where you have to hope Justin Jackson gets in the end zone. He will lead the team in touches and carries. Josh Kelly is still very there as a very bad runner inside the five. But still, as a bigger body individual, that's who they love putting into the goal line. So I don't think it's as enticing the situation as a lot of people should. Mm -hmm. It is the Texans, of course. And so you still take your chances with the explosive player. So I'd still prioritize Justin Jackson well over Josh Kelly. Just do not get upset at all whenever you get Duke Johnson and another ring back plays instead. Craig Reynolds, Duke Johnson, both those guys. I mean, I think those are kind of interesting ads. Like, I'm in – some fantasy playoffs in dynasty leagues in particular where mm-hmm. like a Craig Reynolds could help me out. Like I started Amir Abdullah in a dynasty league uh, playoffs this past week. So I think Craig Reynolds and Duke Johnson are pretty interesting. Duke Johnson. I mean, let's, let's at least talk about him. The guy had a career game. Is he the the lead running back on the dolphins and outs? Uh, perhaps I just worry. Cause now you get the Saints stout front seven. And so I don't think it's a favorable situation as the Jets, obviously. Uh, so I somewhat worry. Also, Miles Gaskin was activated late in the week. So what do you have? 24 hours of practice, like to get ready, fresh off the COVID list. So I, I'm just, I, I don't, I'm pretty tepid about it. Having said that, it's week 16. If you need a running back, sure. But I'm not too confident in Duke Johnson and the spot. Also for Craig Reynolds, I think that's the fool's gold too. Uh, Jamal Williams, we back this game. He's going to be active from the COVID list. DeAndre Swift also is said to be returning to practice. So even Jamal Williams mm. being available, like you add him getting more carries than Craig Reynolds most likely with Godwin Agabuki still involved. That's I don't know. I kind of think Craig Reynolds might have that job if it's not Swift. Swift obviously is going to have the job, but I think he might have passed Jamal Williams just because like they just beat the Cardinals kind of riding Craig Reynolds. So that, that earns you something, I think. That's, uh, that's, to- that's totally fair, too. Uh, yeah, it, it is against the Falcons. So, you know, I guess I guess we're trying to target this. Uh, Jared Goff on the COVID list as well. So I would be less excited, too, if it was David Blow under center, uh, David Blau under center. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. It, it's, yeah. They're, they're going to – when they add, like, another running back, it's just going to be Michael Carter all over again. Everyone's getting excited. And it's like they added – like, this guy is still there. Other guys are there to play. So I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. sure, whatever. He's right, going to be talk. on the list because it's week 16, but I'm not getting excited. <laughs> That's fair. That's totally fair. Um, let's talk. Uh, Travis Kelsey might be out. Any interest in kind of the the backup tight ends on the, the Chiefs? Or is that just too thin? Yeah, that's pretty thin. Uh, everything will be pelted to Tyreek Hill instead. Everyone's going to tell you about Noah Gray, but it doesn't matter. He's a rookie tight end. It doesn't matter. Um, people talked about him in the preseason as well even though he didn't flash anything. We saw that Jody Fortson actually usurped him in the regular season because Noah Gray was just not as talented as him uh, until Fortson went down. And he's also, I believe Fortson's coming, he's getting activated or designated return this week. Again, that doesn't mean anything. That means we could have another three weeks for him to come off injured reserve. And so, like, if Fortson's active, then it'd be a timeshare as well at tight end. So lots of touch and go still. Uh, You know, if you're looking at a tight end to replace Travis Kelsey, you'd probably prefer Zach Gentry as we're watching Pat Fryer's concussion down to the wire because at least he'd be in for every single snap since Eric Eve runs out for the year. I could not say the same for Noah Gray. All right, that's awesome. Well, we got a we got our tight end deep cut. Uh, everyone, make sure to check out Daigle's column again. It's like you're in the fantasy playoffs. Don't don't leave any stone unturned here. Make sure you get all the additional context. They'll, Daigle's column on the site. They'll all be in there. Every single person. Also. I will say that so many people are are hurrying to try and figure out like the skeleton keeper defense. I wrote this, I've written this in the column in back to back weeks, but actually like 
it's a very bad strategy to stash multiple defenses in the hashtag longest season ever because you need everybody yeah. available to come off the bench. Uh, defenses are guaranteed points. Well, they're guaranteed to be present. Sometimes they don't score points. Like if you start sometimes the Cardinals, score with, negative points. yeah, sometimes they score negative points. Uh, but at least they are present. Whereas I yes. cannot say the same about any of your starters, literally any of them right now. And so you are doing yourself an injustice to stash two defenses in this very year. The rules have changed. We are playing a new game now. We are literally surviving. And so have every backup available. Just stash everything. No backup kickers, no backup defenses, all bodies, running back to wide receivers, and get ready for the next two weeks. Yeah, I, I agree uh, completely about the defense. The kicker conversation is interesting because kickers can get COVID too, but at the same time, you are opening yourself up to the potential of like not having a starting wide receiver or a starting quarterback or a starting running back with that extra spot. So think through that. I, I think it's fine actually to stash a second kicker if you have feel we, like well covered or there's nothing else on the way. Have we had kicker positions. COVID this year? I don't think we have. Uh, we did we, have a kicker pull up. Oh, oh uh, uh, today actually, uh, Harrison Bucker COVID. We did get oh. Harrison Bucker, and okay. and I you're gonna have to go to Denny Carver for that one. I have no idea who their backup is, if they even have a backup, or if we just see like the Panthers did, go for two points every time because we don't have a kicker. So yeah, they literally didn't. They were using uh, uh, Brandon Zilstra or Shane Zilstra, and they, yeah, and Brandon Zilstra, Brandon, and they almost uh, yeah. backdoor covered as well. They all, <laughs> all right, that'll do it. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, make sure to check out all of the content we got for you this week, including Daigle's waiver wire column on NBC Sports Edge. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.